are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DAN for a special offer when you sign up. That's code DAN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. What do you remember about the first big check? Um, when I first got my first big check, you know, I really, like, I wanted to go prove myself as a football player. You know, so I wasn't really tripping. I was like, man, that that's, like, the, the, the main thing you want to do is get 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 the money, get it to where it's secure. So I'm like, okay, now we got some money. Like, okay, yeah, we good. And I always, I always just pray. I said, tell the man up top, man, you give me some money one time, I'm not going to disappoint you, you know? And so you make that a point. You of were never through. going to be somebody who lost his money. I mean, if I do, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, you know, like, but there's so many, you, you never can say never because there's so many things that happen in this world. Somebody can come and sue you. But Ed, you crazy, weren't you very know, sloppy about it. You yeah, were as you're careful gonna, as somebody could be. Yeah, you're going to, you're going to move real cautious. You're going to, I want to make sure that I do the best that I, the best of my ability to make sure that you hold on to everything that you have. Doing this a little differently today on South Beach Sessions. We're at Elser Hotels and Residences on my Miami, downtown Miami. We're with Edron James, uh, best University of Miami running back ever. Yes, your <laughs> best friend. Uh, you don't know? Okay, I'll say no, it for like, you. I don't like to, I don't like to say, I like, like, I'm always pulling for everybody. Best yo. University of Miami running back ever, <laughs> as I was saying, and also one of the best running backs of any kind ever. I am hugely proud to have him here with us today because I've been a big admirer of his career. Let's get started. Do you remember, because I do, the apartment, Ludlum, I went to go see you. You were about to go in the league. It was, sparse, it was, par, it was sparsely furnished and you seemed like a really shy kid who wasn't particularly interested in fame, only wanted to get to the league so that the league could give him money. Like it was a laser focus. And you are somebody who has been uh, like vigilant about how you protect money your entire life. Where did that come from? Was that your grandmother? Was that your mother? Like where, when you were sleeping three to a bed in Immokalee, where does your, uh, your, ne your need to make money even above football? I'm, I'm in, in football, you were about money, correct, Ed? You were yeah, about, I how do I make the most money? I just, I think it's because when you don't have, you know, when you don't have, you realize this is the thing that could really solve a lot of problems. And I make it a point of emphasis, you know, it's like every day, you know, we're not going to forget where we're coming from. We're not going to forget what it's like to not have. So if you want something or you see something that's important, you know, that's going to help solve so many problems or kind of take you out of these spaces, you have to make it a point of emphasis. So it's like, you're not supposed to be shy about those things. You're not to be supposed to be somebody that say, oh yeah, we can't talk about this. You know, if that's going to be um, something that motivates me or something that keeps me going and keeps me on the right path and try to keep me um, to where it's like, yeah, I'm able to retire my mom, retire my aunt, buy everybody a house, make sure that I'm able to put all my children through college and I never have to ask nobody for nothing. You know, so I need to make sure that I keep the focus on what it's going to take and that's what it's going to take and you can't survive in this country without it you know and then once you get it you realize it's not as important as you probably think it is or what you make it out to be but you never lose sight of man it only becomes that once you have it you know you have to have it first to even think on that next level but it's a point of pride for you right to not depend on anyone yeah, now, like but 
you have to, when, when you go back through the days that you needed somebody or you wanted somebody, you never had nobody. So you didn't have nobody. You had to defend, you had to defend for yourself. You had to provide for yourself. So for me, I just knew if I take care of these things, I never have to ask nobody for nothing. And I still bear to help, you know, all the people that's close to me. But depending on somebody, that's that's one thing that you'll never see me do. You know, I'm, I'm going to get out and go to work and I'm going to figure it out. You know, I'm going to pick up a book. I'm going to pick up whatever it takes to not have to ask somebody for something. Do you know why I wanted to do this with you? No, nah, not really. Uh, one of the reasons is that I admire you. I think you I know that, that part. But I also wanted people to know, because I don't think they do, how hard it was for you to get here. Because you made it look easy, right? But your story is not any kind of easy. Like It's super uncommon that you've been able to have the success in football, outside of football, in business. So you told me that you wanted to talk about business because you're proud of business and the way that you're able to control your money. Since I've known you, you've been somebody who has known a lot about money. Uh, mm. Do people underestimate you in business? Yeah, I think so. But I think I've utilized that to my advantage. That's one thing that I've kind of taken as a weapon, you know, because people are going to, they're going to underestimate you. They're going to kind of play the percentages and they're going to kind of use prior people that they probably compare, prior comparisons. And then you love those and that's your advantage. You know, you have to let people kind of show their hand because they're not going to really expect much from you. And at the end, as long as you get what you want out of the deal and they get what they want out of the deal, I think that's a, it's a pretty good deal. Can you take the people through the parts of the story that go through a mockery? Just uh, how would you describe growing up for you? You were the man of the house at 14 years old. What are the details people need to know about your life on the things that shaped you to become the businessman that you would become that go back to that time? Wait, well, you know, my grandfather, he was a um, general contractor. You know, he would harvest watermelon and stuff. So the business was already in there. They had apartments. They had... You know, they always led people, you know, so you're seeing that from an early age. But there wasn't a thing where you're leading people and you, you're being compensated so much. You know, you're just one notch ahead of, of them, so to speak. But you see leadership from there. You see leadership from within and how you deal with people, how you somewhat manage people. So that's one thing that you, that's like a part of your upbringing. You're seeing that. And then... You know, for for me, it's, you know, you, you're in a town that's not, there's only one high school and football is life. And when you're there, you know, you can become part of the history of what everybody else is doing. Or you can say, I'm going to figure out a way to make it out. And so for myself, it was figuring out a way to make it out. You make it sound very easy in your book, though. You said, my mom just told me don't get in trouble, and so I wouldn't get in trouble. That doesn't sound in any way real or human. Like, that's not yeah. that's not what you were surrounded by there. So I don't know how yeah. you avoided trouble. Well, that, that's one of the things. That, trouble is a decision. You know, it's that like you have a decision. Like, you know, your antennas come up when something's not right. You know, I think anybody that's that's out there or anybody that's involved in a lot of situations you know when things are right you know when things are wrong you know it's it's like the things that you that you are happy to go and brag on and go tell your parents that you're doing or whatever those are things that are usually right because you know about their approval the thing that you kind of keep 
to yourself or that you say, man, I'm not going to mention this. Those are things that are somewhere wrong or in your mind, they may not get approved. So you just stick with that process. You say, man, I'm going to make sure that I, you know, stay out of trouble, make sure I don't do things that would, you know, would take away my freedom or put me in a situation to where I lose the trust, you know. Lose the trucks. So that's your first business, right? Watermelon season or the watermelon trucks is the first business enterprise that Edger and James got into, correct? Yeah, for me, it was the, my granddad. My granddad, you know, he was a contractor. So it was a way that I could make money. You know, as a, as a, as a young man, you know, you're always looking to say, how can I make some money? You know, and that was one way. That, and plus, I had a little size, and they allowed me to go and get out there and make some money with them. But tell people what the job is, just for those who don't understand, and so that I can take them. This is how Edron James became the businessman that he is today. It starts here with the hustle and the grit of, wait till you see the job I'm willing to do on this truck. Well, you know, it's um, where it's like, you just get to unload a truck award. Man. Just think about a full truck award, man. And you have two people on there, and they have to put them on this conveyor belt, you know. And for me, it was, you know, I was young, full of energy. And you would get like, um, it would be like $20 a truck, you know, but you split it amongst um, you and the partner that you have. And then I figured out that, man, I probably don't need no partner because so I can get I can get $20 and do the truck. I can do five trucks and make $100. I do it myself. You know, so though that was a part of how it. hard is the work though? You're talking about work. you yes. got you had a man's body at, at how old were you? Because uh, I've heard the high school kids in South Florida who talk about playing your teams as running back, and yeah. they were high school kids, and you were not a high school kid. Yeah, well, you, you're 13, 14, but you, you have a uh, a man's physique at a young age, but it's like you're just bent over and you're just. Taking a like just imagine picking the watermelon up off the ground and putting it up on a conveyor belt. And I do it, do that hundreds of times. You know, that's pretty much what you're doing from seven in the morning to seven at night, you know. But you it's like me, I, I utilize it as a, a way to make money. And I knew I was getting stronger. I was physically, you know, getting in shape, so to speak. You know, I was like, man, I'm gonna be stronger. I'm it's like when you when you're growing up, it's like you say, man, you know. You got that grown man strength, and like yeah. so, you get that grown man strength at an early at an but earlier from, age. From back breaking work, yeah, correct? from like, back breaking. But you you actually doing those things, so it actually shapes you and develops you to where it's making you stronger than going and actually lifting weights and doing those. But things. this is why you always said, Edge. I was marveling that you would play full court basketball games after carrying thirty times in an NFL NFL game. You never said anything other than football was very easy. Always does it? Yeah. Is it because that was that kind of hard? Yeah, I think I think when you break down the sport, the sport is easy. The sport is easy. Everybody knows what you're doing, and it comes down to who's tough, who has a will, and who wants it more. Because once you go through like that hard labor, and you start seeing that you're doing this from morning all the way from sun up to sundown, you're like, this right here is a breeze. You're only playing a football game for a couple of hours, you know, and in those couple of hours. Is only a couple of times that you're actually involved in the actual in the actual action. So for me to get out there and do 60, 70 snaps, I always look at that as like this this is light work. You know, this is this is nothing. And this probably comes from being out there in the hot sun all day, nonstop doing that hard labor that make you say, man, 
I don't know what everybody's tripping about. This is easy compared to where you're coming from or the things you're doing. Well, you get to the University of Miami, they give you a meal card and you are now the richest person in the world, right? When you talk <laughs> about what I, how I didn't have anything, they've given you a card and now you're like, wait a minute, I can just go get food whenever I want. You felt like you'd been given something, like a, a ticket out, right? To, to it's, your dreams. It's, it's, like, it's like, so I started getting my own money around 13, 14, 15 years old. So I was used to like, kind of, I figured out how to have my own. But then when you have, when you get to school and somebody just give you something, you know, that was, that was totally different. It's like they, they, they give you something, you know, they give you something and, and that was not the norm. You know, you're like, I don't have no, I don't have nobody give me nothing. You know, it's like you go and you say, okay, um, people graduate, they get gifts, you know, they celebrate or they, um, birthdays, Christmas. We didn't get none of that stuff. We didn't have none of that stuff. Like when I graduated, I didn't get, gifts for graduation you know i got hey he's, he's made it to college you know so it's <laughs> and it's and it's cool and so but that's the thing that keeps that hunger but when you, know? you say no one literally no one's ever given me anything you mean it literally right yeah, you're you like don't, you don't before have, i got to college nobody gave me anything yeah you don't have like of course you have your family that's like we have a big family everybody's gonna be there but you don't have nobody that's gonna go and say hey i'm gonna take care of you i'm gonna make sure you have this um no, you don't have that. You have to, you got to be creative or you got to do something special. You know, I had, you had a couple of times where I figured out where in football games, I would have somebody say, hey, if you score touchdowns, I would give you this or I would give you that. And so, but that only lasts during football season. And oh, I'd love to hear those stories. Is yeah. the statute of limitations up on those stories? The amount of money <laughs> that you'd get for, for touchdowns? Being was in back high school. It's like, there's like friends and people that's around the area, you know, there's just like, yeah, but it's, it, that was that was that was another way to say, man, dang, I can I can actually make some money, you know. I'm, so you figure out all these ways to make your own money, but I never had to where somebody just gave me something, you know. Mm -hmm. So when somebody give me something, I'm like very appreciative because it's like it's unreal, you know. It's like usually when you even when you come up and you go through when you go through the college process or you go through the agent process, and then all these people come up and they're just giving you this and they're giving you that. So those raise a red flag, like. I'm not used to nobody giving me nothing, you know? And so when somebody come and try to give you something, you're saying, what's, what's the catch? Mm -hmm. So you're looking for the catch. So I'm always looking for the catch or looking for the angle. See, this is the part I don't think people understand. When Edge comes out at, out of college, he doesn't have anything and he doesn't want to need anybody. So he doesn't really want an agent either. He wants to be in control of every dollar he gets after this. And if you don't have it all set up right away, you leave college, you're losing money. You're going to end up paying for that on the back end. It depends on how you go about it. You know, like I, you know, I, 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 I took a different approach with the agent process. You know, I didn't sign with an agent. So anything that was given to me was given to me out of the kindness of their heart, you know. So I didn't have to pay anything back, and so that was <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my out of the kindness of their heart. Out of the kindness it's of not their because heart. they wanted you as a client; yeah, it's like, just because agents were really kind. You couldn't believe how kind really agents wanted, were to like, a kid from Immokalee who didn't have yeah, anything to offer them. Yeah, they really wanted to just give me something for nothing. You know, they really did. <laughs> that, and you being good at business, you're like, well, that's good. So, yeah, so I, you know, and. <laughs> and and I just took it as okay. You mean I can't? You mean you'll give me this, and I don't have to pay you back? And so I understood leverage, you know. So that was the time when I leveraged the whole situation. I leveraged that situation, and it worked. 
but it was it was real because if you're going to be real with me and I'm going to be real with you, you know, it shouldn't be no come say I'm going to do these things for you, you know, and if you don't do this, I'm not going to deal with you anymore. You know, it's like, nah, if you're going to really, if you're really checking for me or you're really, like, really uh, interested in me, you know, you're going to put your funds behind it. And I had a lot of them, you know, they played the game. They went through and they, they took it as an, let me take a shot at it, you know. But at the end of the day, I've always, I was always clear and I was very transparent. Like, I'm going to make the best decision for myself and my career. I'm not going to sit around here and play with it. But if you do not get in the game or you do not sit up there and step up to the plate, you will not be considered. You know, and that was the process I took. I want to talk to you, though, about how you became formed as somebody, because as long as I've known you, you have been about treating football as a transaction, the business of it. You have been relentlessly yourself. You use the sport so that it makes you money, so that you could use that money to start your businesses. Did you pay? Did you you found ways to not get taxed heavy on your NFL money. You learned the process of that. As the kid in college that I saw, you, Edrin, you didn't look to me like somebody who was prepared to do that. When I'm in your <laughs> apartment, I don't have you running a fully functioning business beyond you went to the University of Miami um, and it was, you didn't go, you went for football. You didn't go yeah. to, to get a degree. You went to be great at football. That's one of the things you, you learn as you go. You get a little more comfortable. It's just like football. You start out playing football. Then you get better, you get better, you get a little bit more comfortable, you get more familiar with it. And for me, everything was about the purpose. I was like, I gotta get my mom out of this situation. I got a chance to take my family in another direction and football is gonna do it. So I made sure I kept the main thing, the main thing. And it always was about that. You, you have some people that's into the, I guess the limelight or wanna get all this attention. You know, I didn't really, I didn't really seek that. You know, I really didn't care for that. I just wanted to do what I knew how to do real well, and that would always protect me. And then, as I got older, and as you start getting in situations, or you get around people, and you get a little bit more mature, you get a little bit more knowledge of situations and subjects. And you know, I'm big on reading books and studying and and, and kind of educating myself. Then you you say, okay, I'm a I'm more open to having these type of conversations or being around these type of people because now I'm not in unfamiliar territory. You know, I've, it's like it's just like football. I've prepared, I've practiced, and I've got my reps. And I think that's what it's a combination of reps over the years. Everything's a progression, and you start learning a little bit by a little bit. And the more you educate yourself and the more you get around people that's actually doing things, and you're not, not a person that think you know it all, and you're receptive to the way that people can help you and the way people can can kind of show you how to do things. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people, their pride gets in the way. They're afraid to ask questions and they're not as receptive. So for me, it was it was a learning step by step, brick by brick. Every time I would cross paths with somebody that could help or that could benefit, and they were, they were all complete strangers, but you know, when it came to certain situations, you have people that were more knowledgeable about the situation. So I just tried to be a sponge and learn about those things. You know, my first year in the league, when it came to taxes, I didn't know as much, you know, so 
you had to, you, you probably paid more than you probably should have. And then you start understanding the rules and the regulations and you start kind of designing your life around those things. And that's what I started doing. I got with some good people, I got a good accountant, you know, that I had over 20 plus years, you know, Charles Bennett, you know, he's out of um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. He's a brother that's pretty sharp that you can actually relate to. You have to find people that you can relate to. A lot of times, I think as athletes, we come up, we have people that cross our paths that we really don't really understand or they can't speak our language and they don't really tap into the the person or don't, you really don't get to where they understand or you understand what they're saying. And that's where the disconnect, it begins from that part. Do you have trouble trusting any of these people? Have you been burned anywhere along the way? Because you're super vigilant about paying attention and you, I, I can't imagine a whole lot of people getting over on you. No, I haven't been burned. You know, I haven't. And, and I think that's because of the process. You go through a process and then you understand exactly what you want. You know exactly what you need and you're clear to the people, you know, and once you make it very clear what you want, what you're looking for and you pretty much kind of lay out that foundation. It's going to be hard for somebody to really, really burn you, especially when you know what you're doing. And for me, you know, I try to make sure that I get around good people, get around reputable people, get around people that don't don't need what I have to advance themselves, you know. And you'll find a lot of people that's willing to help you, that really want to see you succeed. And they get tired of watching people get burnt. You know, there are good people out there. But for some reason, you know, everybody's not able to connect with those people or give those people the opportunity or even, or even feel those people out. So I've been in a situation where, like, you know, I don't really let people in. So when you get in, it's, it's, after, it's, it's based on a lot of observation, studying the person, understanding what they're doing. And once you, once you start doing business over a period of time, you'll start seeing, okay, yeah, I made the right decision. And if you don't make the right decision, you have to be able to remove yourself from a situation instantly. A lot has changed over the years, kind of like who's the best hockey team in Florida. But one thing that hasn't, the great taste in Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Right now, the great debate is if my team will make it past the second round. We can find about this all throughout the series, but there's one thing that's for sure. I'll be yelling at all of you while drinking a nice ice-cold can of Miller Lite. It's my preferred light beer when arguing about sports with other people. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com Beach, B-E-A-C-H. Or you can get it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. You've been buying properties for a long time, right? You like yeah. you got to the league. How many properties do you own? Do you know? I don't, I don't know. I, I got I got quite a few properties. But that was a start. You know, that was the thing that kind of introduced you to property. You know, you start. I mean, that, that's one of the things that introduced you to business. You know, and and real estate is one of the best things that you can do. And, you know, is I just try to dabble in some of everything, but that's one of the things that, that I found the interest in and it's actually pretty cool. And it's it's one of those things that's that's never going anywhere. You know, I mean it's never going away. 
you know, as I say, if you try to get into the the essentials of life, you know, food, clothing, shelter, you know, if you want to get in business, you stick around those, you're going to be pretty much in a needed area. Fair to call you a strip club empresario? <laughs> empresario, I don't know what that word means. <laughs> a, a kingpin. You, you've gotten into the nightlife uh, business. And how did you choose that? And how did you discern this is, I, I'm proud of owning this as a business. I want ownership of something. Well, it's, it's, it was a progression. And it all comes back to the, that foundation. The foundation is real estate. You know, a lot of times when people say, oh, you, you own a gentleman's club or you're, you're into the nightlife or the nightclubs, and that's all they see. They see that part. And, and if it's not somebody that's worth explaining to or even talking to, I'll just kind of brush it off. But if it's, some, if it's somebody that's really interested in understanding the method behind the madness, you know, then I, I would probably break it down in the sense of, well, first of all, I own the real estate. You know, I bought a multi-million dollar piece of real estate first. And it so happens to have a gentleman's club on there. And then when you start thinking about your lifestyle and the things that you like to do, like I like to go out, I like to hang out, you know, and I understand the, you know, all my peers, where we're gonna meet at. We're gonna meet at the clubs, you know, and not for bad intention, but it's like, that's the spot where everybody comes, at. that's where everybody meets. And that's where you go and you kind of socialize. So why wouldn't you want to get in a business that you're going to automatically be doing anyway? If I don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't make sense. So, yeah, if I'm going to be there anyways, why don't I make money yeah. off the rent? Why don't I make money off you coming to visit my place and I own the property? It seems like a, a, an impenetrable business model. Yeah, and it, it only makes sense. It's like it's, it's, you have to understand the foundation is, I bought a piece of real estate. If I bought the real estate and I just was the landlord and somebody else was to run the business, would anybody have anything to say or would they look at it any differently? You know, it's just, I just realized that, man, these are things that I like to do. These are the places that I like to go. And it's just, it can be lounges. It can be a gentleman's club. It can be a nightclub. I like to be out at night. Your book, From Gold Teeth to Gold Jacket, the signature line at your Hall of Fame speech. If people want to know the entirety of how improbable your story is, they could read that book because it really doesn't make any sense that you came from what you came <laughs> to where it is you got. But for the audio audience, and I know that you and I have covered some of this ground before, we did a magazine story that was pretty controversial for ESPN the magazine, right? I don't remember right. what the consequences were for you of the things that you said in that piece or even the photograph you took, which was gold teeth and dreads and shirtless. What were the consequences of that magazine story? I don't think it was, I don't think there were really true consequences when you look at it in hindsight. You know, I just think it was kind of groundbreaking. It was different. You know, nobody came out as being themselves and going into this NFL world that really just be, being themselves. You know, it's like you, you, you have so many opportunities to where you could clean yourself up and get so many corporate opportunities. And so you bypass those things. But the thing that made it all go is you have to be good. You have to be really good, you know, and, and, I, was, and I was really good. So it went hand in hand to where it's like, it started out as something that could be a uh, a sore eye to a, a culture that comes in and with dreads and gold teeth and say, hey, this is not what you're supposed to do or whatever. But 
it turns into a thing where it's like, you know what? This is, you're not doing nothing wrong. You're doing everything right. And this is the new wave. And you just kick the door down for everybody. Now you see commercials with people with dreads and with grills and, and more flashy. It's more enlightening. You know, it's more exciting now. You know, so it's, it was one of those things that played its part in opening the doors to let let people see a different culture or a different way of things. And it still doesn't affect the bottom line. You know, it doesn't affect your play. It doesn't affect business. It doesn't affect anything. And it kind of put a little color in the, in the, in the picture. Well, this is one of the reasons that I admire you when I tell you how hard it is to do it your way, to be authentic, to not get crushed by the corporations. I remember uh, the one controversy from that story I remember is that you said that Jim Mora called in the huddle for a kneel down play at the end of victory. And you said, fuck that. I've got incentives in my contract. I need to go get a touchdown. And you ran for a touchdown anyway, because don't put it in my contract if you don't expect me to treat this as a business. I that didn't have any consequences either? Yeah, it, it brought attention to the, to the situation, you know, but ultimately I think everybody that's in business has to take care of business in a business manner. And I understand their side and I understand my side. And at the end of the day, when it's when it's two sides, you're usually going to favor your side, you know, until they correct the issue. So I understood the assignment. I understood what I needed to do to make sure that I was able to hit those incentives. You know, as you think about it, you're coming from Immokalee, Florida and coming to the University of Miami. And all you got to do is get a few more yards. And that's the difference between a million dollars. You know, you have people that work their whole lives and can't get a million dollars. And all you got to do is just go against the grain a little bit just to, to kind of get those extra yards when the opportunity presented itself. You know, and it was and it was all done within within winning It's done within being a great teammate. And so you have to make sure that you keep things that are important, important. But it's disrespectful to the organization, to authority, to uh, leadership, to not take orders there. I'm not disagreeing with you no, for I, a second. I'm not gonna call it disrespectful. I think it's a, um, it's a misunderstanding. But what you if know? you fumble? It doesn't matter if you, if you, first of all, if you fumble, then you shouldn't be playing like that. You know, it's like, there wasn't a situation where you're gonna, where you're gonna, where you're gonna like fumble or blow the game. You know, it's just a situation where, hey, if you get a chance to score, you know, we prefer you to go ahead and take a knee, you know, or get down. And I've seen guys, you know, they get down and they get down. You know, for me, it's more, no, we we have to understand that, you know, I, I got a chance to score a touchdown and I got a chance to actually help get closer to those incentives. So I don't think it's that big a deal when you look at it, you know, because you think about, what's in everybody's best interest. Even scoring a touchdown, it wasn't gonna cause us to lose the game. You know, getting kneeling down, you know, we could have ran the clock out. Well, you always appreciated, right? Peyton Manning says you're the best teammate he's ever had. You always appreciated that Peyton Manning went out of his way to make sure you got your money, correct? Well, I think that it's it's one of those things where you have a mutual respect for and you have an understanding. That's what great teammates are. You know, great teammates kind of um, or not kind of great teammates protect each other and understand each other. And that's what makes a person happy and what makes a person go this way or that go that way. You know, you have to have awareness and we had great awareness. And if I was to not say, Hey, I need this. or I need that, you know, nobody would know if you keep it to yourself. You know, for me, I'm like, 
hey, these are the things that I need. And so within the rules or within the game, within winning, you know, let's make sure those things happen. Why was it important for you to represent your most authentic self? Why was it important for you to do gold teeth and dreadlocks and magazine covers uh, in the one time you're going to go seeking fame or welcoming fame, you're going to do it that way, particularly? Why was that important to you? Because it's easy. It's easy to be yourself. You know, I was always myself, so I don't have to put on this act. And you can catch me at any point in time, anywhere, and that's what you're going to get. And I think a lot of times, you know, you don't get that from people or you didn't get it in the past. So for me, it was very, very important. So if I want to do this stuff, you know, let's let's just do it the right way. And the right way is the real way. Do you have one game that you're proudest of anywhere on the resume? Uh, college, pro, high school, the one that you regard as um, that's as well as it can be done? I think the UCLA game. I think anybody that knows me, they always bring up that UCLA game, University of Miami, UCLA game. So, hold on. Yeah, I think the the, the, um, the UCLA game. That's the game because it has, it's it's so many things that led up to that game, that situation. That is, you know, I started out the season slow. I didn't do exactly like I wanted to do. You know, I had a this great whole path answer. is meant to for you to fly into the NFL, go straight up. Everything is going to be first round pick. This is Edron James's dreams are going to come through this season right now. Yes, that 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 junior the the off season of my junior year, I put in the most work. Like like I had it figured out. Like I'm like I got it figured out. This is rescue saw, my mother, rescue my this family. Is every this is everything, and I um I sat around every combine that the University of Miami had. Every pro day, I was there. I sit there. I would train with the guys from a freshman, sophomore. I sat there and watched them. Like I got it. I got it figured out. And these are the things you need to do. And I've got charts and I know all the numbers. I know everything that all the top backs, everybody was doing. And so I put in all this work. I said, you know, I'm not even going back to a Markley in the summertime. I'm not going back to visit. I'm not leaving the University of Miami. And so I made a total commitment to that year. And the season started out and things just wasn't going as well as you wanted to. And you start pressing and you start... You start looking at it like, dang, man, like, I done put in all this work. It's not happening. And and then it got to a point where you you have a turnover or something, and the coach said, hey, you know, we might have to put you on the bench or, you know, or whatever, you know, and it, and it started like, I put in a lot of work. And now you're playing number one UCLA. They're and number one in the country. We get to that game, and then all of a sudden, um, one of the other backs got suspended. You know, because we was known for sharing the ball. At the University of Miami, you got to share carries. No more sharing today. Edge is no saying, no sharing. No sharing. Yeah. I, I want the ball. This is, I'm pouring everything into this one game against the number one team in the country. This is the thing I've been working for all my life. It, no, it just, it just clicked. It's like, you see the opportunities. It's crazy how everything just clicked on its own. It's like, you know, you don't know that the guy's not going to play. And then all of a sudden, hey, it's only you and Najee Davenport. Y'all have to carry the load. And like, cool, that's fine. But you didn't know all these things happened. And then that game, that's when all that, those summer workouts, all that training, it kicks in. You know, you never know when it's going to kick in. And like, you can put in a lot of hard work 
Everything and, slows down, and then it's yeah. 299 yards. Yeah, right? like, it kicked in, at, and, it, and it kicked in at the right time. You know, it's like you don't know when all your hard work is going to kick in. That's why I just believe just continue to work, continue pounding away, because you never know when it's going to kick in. And for me, UCLA game, it kicked in. And one of the best things, my last carry was a touchdown in the Orange Bowl. And the Orange Bowl no longer exists, so that's one of the, the greatest memories I that have. That was also the happiest time with football for you, yeah. right? Because after that, it became colder. That That's not like – that was the guys that you were – yeah. Friends with. You were all hustling the same. Nobody had anything, right? Yeah, that was that was when football was football, you know. But, you know, as you go into the business side of it, it changes, but that's what you, you know, that's what you play. You play to get there. So it has its pros and cons. It's like you're no longer that kid that's just going out there and we're going to play football, you know. But as much as you love money, you feel like Miami gave you enough giving that you decided to make the biggest donation that any athlete had ever made as someone who doesn't give away his money because it meant something for you to have your name on that weight room, on that on that part of the facility. Yeah, and well, you know, the University of Miami has always been great and it was like, that's, that's, that's home and that's the hub. And when I went through the whole process, you know, the University of Miami, the coaches, the, um, everybody there, it was like, I want you to be the example. I want you to be somebody that when you go through this process, you know, you don't just give anybody an opportunity. You know, we want you to host all your meetings here. We want you to, you know, to utilize the University of Miami. You don't have to go here or go there. And so that was that that meant a lot. And that was cool because, you know, I'm leaving school as a junior. And usually the school try to get you to stay in school. You know, with the University of Miami, they was so supportive of me going to the pros and going to the next level. But they asked, man, use the facility, you know, come here and train, come do all those things that you usually have to go with an agent or with somebody, take you to another facility or go get a trainer. And I was able to use the same trainer, the same everything. And then we was able to put host our meetings with the agents and financial people right there at the University of Miami. So that was cool. And the University of Miami has always been home and that hub. And so I'm appreciative to being able to call that home. And I also look at it like, man, they, they make sure that they always took good care of me, you know, from the first day I got there. Among your accomplishments, what would you say, all of them, you know, raising the kids, getting them to college, Hall of Fame NFL career, business owner, owner of black businesses, like what are the things that you would point to or the one that you would point to and say, I, that was the hardest degree of difficulty. That's the most improbable one that I was able to get from the beginning part of my story to that. Yeah, all of them are lead up and they kind of intertwine with each other. But I think the the one that to date that I'm most proud of is the children. You know, I have four kids in college. Well, one is already a lawyer. She's, an, um, she's a lawyer. And I have three that's in college. And I have one that's being heavily recruited by college he's he's going to be able to pick whichever college that he likes and so and then my youngest you know he's still in he's still in 10th grade so I've always wanted to go six for six have college degrees make them independent and make them become their own person so I think that's that's going to be a major accomplishment once it's kind of completed you know but you I, say you're proudest of that tell can you explain to people why it was so difficult because edge like there are a number of things that went into making that 
complicated, including that you have to go have a career that makes money. Well, you know, there's it's a lot of things that go into just even when it comes to the children. You know, a lot of time when you have a child and you're in college, you know, it, it kind of slows you down. You know, it kind of puts you in a situation. A lot of people don't make it to the next level because, you know, they, they, their focus shift, you know. So you're able to accomplish that. And then, you know, going to the NFL, going and being in the league, you know, it's a lot that goes with that. And I didn't even graduate from college. That's, that's one thing that's pretty interesting. My daughter, she gets a good, she got a degree before I got a degree. And it's actually pretty cool. And then you used to have the other ones that's kind of following suit. So it's, it's, it's a lot that goes into it. But when you look back at it and you say, man, out of all, every kid is in college. You know, like when we're coming up, Man, you're lucky to go to college. You're lucky to get a, a, a scholarship or even the opportunity to go to college. And now with ease, you know, each one of my children are in college or finishing college. So that's what makes it pretty cool. Where is the Hall of Fame jacket now? Where can it be found? How often are you wearing it? Well, the Hall of Fame jacket now, um, this particular week is up in Indianapolis. Mr. Ursay has this uh, memorabilia show and he's putting on this in front of all the fans um, in Indianapolis. So that's where it's at. But usually I keep it tucked away and only bring it out for big events or special occasions. You know, I had it for my daughter's graduation. When she graduated from law school, that was a that was a big moment. So when you see that jacket, it's usually something happened. Oh, so wait a minute. So that's dress wear. What you're saying, that's former wear. That's above the tuxedo is what you're saying. Yeah. That my, my daughter's graduating and what Edge is wearing is his Hall of Fame jacket. You're yeah. wearing it. Yeah. You're not <laughs> yeah, we're going to pull that one. When you see that come out, that's like, you know, they're, they're doing something major and they're seeing that, hey, we got we got to pay homage to that. You know, it only comes out during the Hall of Fame or something that's really special. Love that as formal wear. Yeah. Okay. Well, you told me a long time ago, proudly, I'll never be someone who cries. No one will ever see me cry. Uh, anything about the Hall of Fame induction surprise you emotionally? Any of it uh, catch you off guard because you're like, whoa, okay, that was something I wasn't expecting. No, nah, it wasn't no crying, it wasn't none of that. It was just, um, it was, it was actually like a good feeling, you know, you get this, cause I really didn't understand the process as to getting there, because you know, there's no true science to getting there, then unless you're just like a first ballot, no brainer, you know? So you really don't know much about it. And then a lot of the older guys, you know, unless you're like a historian, you don't know much about the older guys, you know? And once you get there, you start getting around the older guys, you're getting a feel for the older guys, you get a greater appreciation for the game and the way the Hall of Fame treats any inductee you know, when they say it's forever, they really mean it's forever. And that right there makes makes you say, man, you know, this thing is, it's going to go down in history and it's never going to change. And so for me, it was important for me to make my bus, my Hall of Fame bus, to represent everything that I represented from the beginning. Because you have to remember, I was told to, hey, you shouldn't have your dreads, you shouldn't have your gold teeth. And now look at the highest of the high. You're going to always walk in that building. You're going to see somebody with those dreads that's representing a person that's and a culture that are people just being themselves. I'll allow you to brag, even though you've never been a bragger, just by way of giving me information, because I'm asking, is there something that Edger and James did as a running back that he believes 
no other running back has done better, maybe as well, but that no other running back has been able to do better than Edron James did it? Um, I can't say there's one thing because there's so many great backs and so many people that did so many great things. I just I just appreciate the fact that in any any subject or any topic that comes to being a running back, my name can be mentioned. You know, you have some backs that they were just good at this or good at that. I took pride in being good at every aspect of the position. And I don't know how many people can say they did that at a high level, but I know I can say every aspect of the That's close to That's dangerously close to most complete back. I was the most complete back there's been. You're dangerously close to that. I mean, I'm, it depends on what the other person had to do. You know, certain people didn't have to do those things. You know, so, but, you know, I, I, I did everything at a high level. And, you know, I never had to leave the field. You know, and that was, that's as, that's as complete as you can get. Uh, thank you, buddy, for spending this time with us. I do appreciate it. And I've, it's been a thrill to watch uh, for damn near a quarter century to know, watch, right? uh, to watch yeah. your growth. Thank you for spending this time with us. No, nah, man, I appreciate it, man. Anytime you need me, you know, I'm right around the corner. So. Much love, buddy. All right. A lot has changed over the years, kind of like who's the best hockey team in Florida. But one thing that hasn't, the great taste in Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Right now, the great debate is if my team will make it past the second round. We can find about this all throughout the series, but there's one thing that's for sure. I'll be yelling at all of you while drinking a nice ice cold can of Miller Lite. It's my preferred light beer when arguing about sports with other people. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything that you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com beach, B-E-A-C-H. Or you can get it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer.